We should use big <laughs> words today, you know? So. <laughs> but does it sell cars? A conversation exploring social advertising for automotive retailers. So welcome to But Does It Sell Cars with John McAdams, a.k.a. Johnny Mac. Your 25-year car guy, really helping dealers sell and service more cars profitably. And today, we have an incredible, incredible guest, uh, Jennifer Suzuki, the president and founder of eDealer Solutions, is with us today to really talk a little bit about social to showroom. Jennifer has been in the business, for, you know, plus 20, 23, 24 years. Uh, she's an instructor at NEDA Academy. She is a facilitator at 20 Groups and a graduate of Northwood Academy. So, welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Why, thank you. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to have you here. You know, uh, you're in and out of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dealers. Yes. And really, as, a, as an automotive sales training company, the premier one in the industry, you know, I think dealers look to you for your guidance and your support and your mentorship to really help them, you know, grow their business from not only the front end of the house, but the back end of the house. And I'd love for you to, you know, take some time and maybe tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself and, you know, what really drives you and makes you get up in the morning. And, you know, what are you really passionate about when it comes to, to car dealers? My biggest passions are people. I chose this industry because I love seeing other people succeed. I love being a part of the growth plan. I believe in people and I believe in evolution and people's careers. They're always changing, but you got to find something that you're really good at that brings happiness to a person and all of the people that surround that person. Change is something that I talk about on a daily. It's evolution, in my opinion, and you've got to educate oneself so that way you can have better outcomes. This is how people thrive, and I'm very, very passionate about seeing other people prosper. I tell you, you know, I think education sometimes is, is uh, missed inside the automotive industry, yet it's probably the one main reasons why many of the successful folks are successful is because they continue to, quote unquote, sharpen the knife. Um, yes. And make sure that their team, uh, whether it's sales or service or F&I or parts, are, are really expertly trained uh, to you know, engage and experience their consumers. And I think it's one area that dealers could certainly use more of. I know when I was a dealer, I, I professed education uh, mm -hmm. and made sure that my teams were ready you know, to really give the consumer the experience that, that they're expecting. And so today's episode is called From Social to Showroom. You know, how do we go from, you know, social, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, how do we, how do we go from there to the showroom? And, and I think what dealers are looking for are really transactions. I, I know the word attribution is used a lot, but I'm really moving towards more of a transaction based model, which means, Hey, I, you know, I saw you on Facebook or Instagram or engaged with you on Twitter or, you know, some of the other, you know, social media channels that are out there. Um, but then what do we do with that? And, I, and I'd love to kind of get your idea on really how do I, how, what's the best practice to move a consumer who has engaged with us on social media and then bring them into the showroom? What, what do you see with your dealers today and, and uh, some successful best practices that, that might be out there? I think it's still one of these uncharted territories for many dealers and you've constantly got to be trying something new and you have to be open-minded to what it's there for. Oftentimes people think, I think social media is supposed to generate this lead and it's supposed to sell a car and it's not always going to be that way. We're in a time now where we have to nurture 
people, nurture relationships, and social media gives us that opportunity. The key is the nurture part. We as dealers need to kind of open up our our brain like a parachute and catch what comes Mm -hmm. in. And that's not always about selling and servicing a car profitably. Sometimes we do have to nurture them and let them become friends with us and socially acceptable to then want to do business with us. So I, I think you're, you're dead on. You know, one of the things that I, I talk to dealers about a lot is if they want to have a really fun Saturday morning sales meeting, have their salespeople take out their phone, if it's an iPhone, and, and really see how much time they're spending on social media, which is about two and a half to three hours a day per person. Mm-hmm. Um, because on an iPhone, when you go to settings and then screen time, It'll really show you how much time you spend on social media. And it's really kind of amazing how much time people will spend. And two and a half hours is the average. Um, I've seen upwards of six, seven hours a day on social media. And then trying to convert that into share likes and comments is always the tough part. So my question to you is, in, in your discussions with you know automotive sales training and with dealers, is there a special methodology that you would envision using to really help uh, a salesperson grow their social media base and really become socially active in order to kind of generate their own leads for themselves? I do believe that anyone that's attaining business has got to have a presence in social media. With those numbers that you just gave us, it is a reminder that the time spent on these channels is so significant in influencing people and their feelings about your business, your person. Salespeople today have got to expose themselves in a way that overturns the stereotype. It is what we are constantly talking about in my classes is that people still don't like car sales. They don't like (laughs) the industry. We have a responsibility to change the way the people think about us because it's not all doom and gloom. Things have changed over the years. So when salespeople make the posts, they have to be mindful of the content they're putting out there. It's not just a picture of the person you sold, but what's that person's story? How did they attain this vehicle? What's influencing this purchase? You know, did they just have a family? You know, is this something that we're all interested in human beings' lives? And I do think that we have to be thoughtful about what we're posting and make it meaningful to people and look for those connections. You know what I love? I love that you're so passionate about it and that you have the ability to influence so many new automotive minds, you know, through your instruction at NEDA and the Academy and also through your 20 group facilitations that you're doing. Um, Is there anything uh, that you could share with us, you know, from the the younger minds that are entering Mm -hmm. The industry is, is there anything in particular that kind of comes to your mind as to you know what they're looking for as it pertains to you know changing the industry or being a disruptor and and is social media you know something that's discussed inside those uh, those trainings? Well, one thing that I've seen as a major game changer is the leadership roles are younger and younger. Most of our clients now are 
the youngest I've ever seen that are leading these companies. And they're attracting a younger generation, not to mention that seems to be a very big purchasing group of people. So if we're not developing content and being mindful of what younger generations are looking for, not only in an employer, but in content, I will miss the mark. I do believe that younger people are more interested in a cause. And I think that dealers contribute an extraordinary amount of money towards charitable contributions in their community uh, and they never get credit for it. And so I think that if dealers are looking for additional content, that they've got to expose their business the way that it is. We must get credit where credit's due. And knowing that the industry has sort of a dark cloud still hanging over it, younger people want to hear, what are you doing for our community? And I'll give you a quick example. I just mentioned this in my class to a group of dealers yesterday, a group of salespeople yesterday. If I was a consumer and I was shopping five stores and they all had the same piece of metal, and they all were relatively priced the same, which is that's the world we live in. Why am I going to pull the trigger on talking to you, the salesperson? Why am I going to make the choice to do business with you on a sales call or an email, something that the lead was generated digitally? I just, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not face to face with you. We have to create the space in our conversations and even in the content that we produce through social channels to state what we're actually doing for people. And this makes a difference. Personally, I want to purchase from a company. If everything's the same price and product, I want to purchase from a company that gives back a percentage of their profits into the community, which most dealers do. Yet it's not something we talk about. Yeah, that's a huge topic and one that's near and dear to my heart because I've sat on that side of the desk where you know, you've only got so much money in the bucket to contribute uh, every year. And, you know, sometime around, you know, September, October, when, you know, the Little League shows up or the Girl Scouts or the Boy Scouts or the ASPCA shows up, you know, I might not have any money left in my charitable giving bucket. And you feel really horrible about turning them away because they are such great causes. So, you know, we're going to talk in a little bit later on today, you know, about the cause network and, and, and how to really socially affect uh, the dealership in a positive way, not only from a forward-facing perspective, but, you know, uh, also in return back to the dealer where, you know, we do such philanthropic things at the dealership mm -hmm. level and for our community. Um, we would hope that that would translate back into a transaction back at our store, but sometimes that's hard to get the word out through the traditional media channels. We're going to talk about social yes. cause to really get the audience uh, in their brain, figuring out if they're in denial of social or not. When it comes to the automotive industry, there's 78% of automotive consumers today, today alone, will find that social media is useful when deciding on a new automobile purchase. So we know they're spending three, four, five hours, and there's 2 billion people active on it a month, and 78% of them are going to use social media to help them decide on what you know, new purchase they want to make. And then if you take that a little step further, it's really about 81% of all the female automotive consumers as well. So you have to look at those genders out there and say, wow, so we've got a lot of people spending a lot of time and using social media to decide, do I want a Ford? Do I want a Toyota? Do I want a Honda? Right? We haven't said what store yet, but do I want that brand? And I think we have to win that moment of truth with, with our consumers 
and have them come towards us. And I think social is a way to, to do that today. And on top of that, about half, 49% of consumers in, in automotive will share auto-related content with their network on social media. So not only are they consuming it, but they're sharing it again and again and again. And that's really why I think social media has really become the normal way for men and women to really shop for a vehicle, whether it's new or used today. So I think my question with some of those stats that are out there, Jen, is you know, what do dealerships do with social leads? It's probably the number one question that I receive from dealers that say, John, do I do the same thing that I do with my third-party leads and my website leads? Do I do something different? Do I, do I let my salespeople handle them directly instead of my BDC? So I'd love to hear kind of your take and what you hear from dealers. Like, how do I really ha handle and manage my social leads from on-screen to in-showroom? Well, all the lead sources are different. And that's definitely something I talk about in our classes is that I can't have one sales approach for all the leads that we get. And you have to be mindful of the customer's journey that led them to this point and identify what type of journey this person's on and how we can influence them to feel good about our character, our company, our brand, our mission. And I would look at where these opportunities are coming from and how did we generate them? Is this a paid marketing campaign that led this person here? Or is this somebody that's liking content that we're producing? Or are they sharing our content? Are they leaving a comment? How do we respond to that? And they're not all today buyers. <laughs> Again, it comes back to be mindful of expectations people are car shopping months in advance and we should talk about the things that help people make choices such as you mentioned the brand what's so great about it if somebody was to do a like or a comment on uh, a post that we made about something uh, tech safety let's say that was new newly released this year that's something that I can reply back on and endorse. You know, we can get behind our products. We can say positive things and it's not necessarily a lead right now, but we have to engage it. And then there's the channels that we paid for that produced an opportunity for us. And I do think that with certain sources, the customer's mindset and journey is so different. I'll give you just a quick example. I generate an opportunity on uh, on on a Facebook ad that was you know the brand uh, that was you know it was a brand promotion. They are maybe already bought into the brand, you know. So I can ask a question in my process that relates to this. You know, tell me about your research. What types of brands have you been researching? And this helps me to identify if they're looking at multiple places that multiple brands that I can hone into what I love about the brand. So it's authentic conversation, but I have to change and modify the sales process accordingly to where these sources came from. And just a little bit off topic, you know, most people that are shopping for on third party lead sources, uh, they are all over the place with make and models. So we have to ask those kind of questions early in the, the presentation. 
What models have you ruled out so far? What brands have you owned before? And then we need to find out if they know about us. What's your experience been with our company? Are you familiar with our company? And I can't just say things like we're family owned and operated that everybody else says, but what's the benefit? <laughs> what does that mean to me, the yeah. consumer? Yeah. You know, one of the things that we take pride in is our guest experiences and making sure they're easy and efficient, and transparent. We give back to our community every month and we make sure that people feel good about their time that they spend here. So they all go hand in hand. You've got to be mindful of the journey that led this person here and what we can do to influence them. And it will take time in most cases. When people come to your dealership website, they're probably already sold on the brand. I mean, I'm sorry, on the dealership, probably the brand too. But what they don't know is what type of people we are. And so modifying your sales process is based on you know, where we're achieving, where we're, where we're gathering you know, our, our sources from makes all the difference. I laughed a little bit when you said a few mm -hmm. things there because in my own mind, you know, I started thinking back to my days as, as a GM and even recently speaking with some dealers about the same topic, which was, you know, listen, if I go to your website or I come to your store, you know, there's all these value adds and let's talk about that. Oh, we're family owned. Who cares? Mm -hmm. We have the lowest prices. You all do. We give you the most of the trade. Right. Yep, we all do that. Right. Yeah. Oh, you have a service owner. Yeah. We all do that too. Yes. So there's no value add there. There's no value if we're all doing it. Right. And mm -hmm. I would challenge anybody listening to this, go to, go to any website and look at the about us and find the value adds and compare them to the next store. And they'll probably be the exact same thing. So there's no differentiator value in there at all. And that's really what's going to ha depend on whether I spend my 30, 40, 50, 60, $90,000 to buy a vehicle with a dealer or not. It's not going to be whether you're family owned and operator, if you have the lowest prices, it's really going to be, how will I be treated when I get there? How have you treated people that I think are like me in the community? And yes. do you actually give back to the community? That's really what people are looking for today when they want to find out at that lower end sales funnel, where to spend my hard earned money. Um, so I would urge dealers to kind of really take notice of that. It, it's been a paradigm shift uh, in the industry. We, you know, as dealers, we didn't have that much worry about if we had uh, negative reviews out there, but, um, or socially we were not engaging with our community, but the way shoppers are today, we have to do that. And, you know, one of the things you have a tremendous reputation for is really delivering success to dealers, you know, with up-to-date phone skills, you know, that will drive profitable actions that will mm -hmm. actually convert, you know, mm -hmm. non-present buyers, meaning they're not at the dealership, into a showroom customer. And I wanted to kind of talk about that lead to sales rate because that's really where the rubber hits the road. So maybe talk to me a little bit more about, you know, how the phone process can really affect that lead to sales rate from what you're seeing by going out to, to these stores. Well, we're going to receive a lot of different leads throughout the day, whether they're from social or they're from third parties, they're from the manufacturer, they're from your website. And I do believe that we've got to be able to pick up the phone if we have an opportunity to do so, meaning there's a phone number. <laughs> That's my first form of contact because people buy from people. It's easy to send people text messages and try to engage them that way. And that seems like the easy way to get a quick response. However, it's your voice and it's your character and it's the value that you bring to the table through some strategy behind your conversation path 
that ultimately gets people to feel good about you and your company and the brand that you're representing. But if we don't get on the phone and we don't see that as the priority, it's really hard to make those personal connections. This isn't so much transactional anymore. It's relationship building. It's people buying from people that they like, that have common threads, and that they feel confident in. People have to like you. We have to trust you. They have to believe in you. They have to feel confident in your abilities to serve them. And they have to respect your time in order for me to get an on-time appointment. And all of the leads that are generated, that's our first mission, is to get an appointment to show on time. And our behavior on that phone call path has to ignite important conversations and statements about who we are and what we can do. And we all want to save time. Our online reviews build our character. We have to reference these. And in fact, everything that we're doing social media wise, you know, to attract people, I do believe has to manifest itself on your website. We're all going down rabbit holes every day. That's why the hours are 2.5 and above because <laughs> we continue down these rabbit holes yeah. of information. If I'm looking to buy a car and something sparks my interest on Facebook, it leads me to your dealer website. I think you're spot on. About us isn't about being family owned and operated per se. And I'm not discounting that. There's a lot of pride to be had on that statement, but what's the benefit to me? How did we stay in business this long? Look at our online reviews and see the way that we treat people and consumers today are pushing us to be our absolute best now more than ever. Yeah, because it's easy. Information's at their fingertips, right? And you know, if I happen to scroll through something on you know a social media channel or Google or your Facebook, and there's something that I don't particularly like as a consumer it's easy for me to go find another dealership that sells that brand and perhaps there I'll find pieces of information that I like and that may be where I'll begin my journey because yeah. I don't feel as a consumer that that dealer did a good job at really separating themselves from, from anybody else. And, and I, I agree 100% that you know, we have to really get them on the phone and really you know, not overcome objections, but Ask them really what they need. Are they adding or replacing a vehicle? Is it for you, your wife, your son, your daughter? Like, let's find out why they're actually looking to buy this car, you know, uh, and what are, their, what are their hot buttons? And then, and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more, you know, when you and I were, you know, talking mm -hmm. earlier about really, you know, about asking, you know, relevant questions. How important is it to really acknowledge the lead source? Meaning, did it come from Facebook or did it come from a third party or a first party website? How much importance does that have? It's incredibly significant. You have to put the dots together for this person, this guest, this consumer. You know, they are all on different journeys. Most of the stats are going to tell us that most people digitally are going to pull the trigger after 90 days. That requires a lot of nurturing, but I have an opportunity to push consumers up in the buy cycle with the proper questions. I have to engage people in conversation that matters. And I have to engage them to find out, as you mentioned, what type of research they've been conducting. Did they just start their research? I'm always going to assume that because it's low pressure conversation. Most people are researching. So how does that translate? Now, tell me more about your research, Mr. Customer. What types of vehicles have you been checking out online? Have you got a chance to see anything in person yet? Or have you just been, you know, looking online? Uh, have you been looking at a bunch of different brands? Have you narrowed it down yet? Have you got a chance to 
uh, decide on what features are really must-haves for you. Tell me everything about your search criteria so I can find all the matches for you. This is about guest experience, but being strategic about it. I need to figure out where they're at in the journey. Yeah. And, and you know what? You said something earlier about time. And, and I believe time is the most valuable commodity for a person looking to buy a car because if they're on their third or fourth or fifth you know, vehicle buying experience, I think they know they're not going to be out of the dealership in under an hour. They know they're going to spend a few hours, many hours at the dealership. So, they're, so everyone that I speak to looking to buy a car, they say, John, how do I not spend four or five or six hours at the store? I think we need to do a better job at managing our, you know, consumer's time where, you know, if we say we'll have the car ready out front waiting for you when you get here, well, shouldn't it be there waiting when I get there? Or conversely, if I say I'm just really beginning my view into looking to buy a car, I don't think we should be saying, well, just get them down, just get them in here and we'll figure it out when you get here. You bring up some really good points and time is something that people can't get back. It's something that's of value and it's something that we have to do a better job at of saving people. And it's definitely one of the shortcomings that led to the dark cloud. Nobody wants to spend an entire afternoon in a dealership. And so this is what I love about social is that, you know, we can expose what we can do for people that overturns the stereotypes in our posts, in our content that we're putting out there, and, and even asking our guests to, to give us back these reviews, then using the reviews in our posts, you know, because people want to save time and the dealers that are, have woke up and that are being able to produce, you know, under two hour process, that's worth talking about online. Yeah. That is attractive. One of the things that I loved uh, talking about with you before this was, you know, as we were talking about asking those relevant questions and, and, you know, you said something like that really struck a nerve with me. That's, that's so important, which is, you know, just relax, just be cool. <laughs> just sound human. Just pretend you're on social media or you're at dinner with friends. You no, know, don't try the hard sell at hello. Right. And, oh. and that was so valuable when you said that to me, I just wish more dealers and BDC agents actually went and attacked the, the, the problem that way. Yeah. I do find myself saying that a lot in the day. I'm like, just be yourself. But yeah. have strategy behind your words. We are still in sales, but nobody wants to talk to yeah. someone who's got old school conversation and closes. Yeah. It's not about just getting them in the door. Yeah. You know, it's about making sure that people feel valued and appreciated. Thanks for some great conversation, uh, Jennifer. We're going to kind of take a break here and we're going to move on to topic two in a little bit where we're really going to kind of discuss, you know, the tactical ways that okay. we can interact with social leads uh, using direct messages, meaning phone calls and other things. So, um, so when we get back, we'll, uh, we'll get on with topic two and we'll get underway. So welcome back to episode number four, where we're discussing from social to showroom with guest speaker Jennifer Suzuki who is the president and founder of eDealer Solutions. You know, can we really nurture customers online using social media to move them from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and their posts that they produce? And can we get them to get into the showroom? And if the answer is yes, how do you think we should go about doing that or some best practices that you've seen in working with dealers? 
I think we have to be creative or, you know, today it's still, again, it's very infant. I think we're constantly trying to figure, trying to figure out social media and what's working, what's not working. But one thing that I feel is critical to maintaining a brand identity is educating the public, educating the public on, you know, what it is that we are all about, whether it's the brand or the dealership or it's the company is we've got to educate people on, you know, cars and what we're known for and what makes our brand so great. People only know what they know until we start putting out the content to help educate them. Uh, and, and, you know, I also actually kind of think about service a lot of the times. I deal with a lot of service customers and we're trying to bring them into the store. And it also then makes me think this is new, this is content we should be putting out there to attract people is that a lot of people are unsure about, you know, when they need to be servicing their vehicle, what maintains warranties. Uh, you know, I was in a Toyota store yesterday and they have the Toyota care and I called several customers and they didn't even know that they were expiring. They didn't even know what, that they were getting complimentary services. These are all great reasons for us to reach out to our community, but also be mindful of the fact that we need to educate the community on what makes sense to them, what value exists related to their car purchasing. And then this gets people interested in the conversation and, and, and messaging you and posting comments. And these are all opportunities to build up the, the value in your brand and, and, um, and your company. You're hundred percent right. Right. It's all about engagement. Right. And originally when Facebook came out, we'll call it Facebook 1.0, which was, uh-huh. you know, Hey, here's what I had for dinner last night, or here's my new puppy. Here's my new kitten, you know, and, and I think as dealers, we didn't know what to do with that. I think we kind of dabbled in it, but we didn't see any really good ROI out of it because it, it didn't translate into a lead or a phone call. It just was, you know, pictures of a puppy or a kitten. And I think Facebook recognized that and said, you know what, we need to do something different for the automotive industry. And, you know, they came out with Facebook 2.0, which is really allowing dealers to put their inventory on Facebook and then really driving that traffic to the website, which which was a fantastic first spot to get into if you're Facebook, because now as a dealer, I can literally get people from Facebook to my webpage, Marketplace. Mm-hmm. right? That was cool, right? And then Facebook said, you know what? I think we could do it one step better with Facebook 3.0, which was, hey, can I get the people looking at the inventory on Facebook? And then can I have them click on the, the picture of the model that they wanted? And then can it pre-fill out and send the lead directly to the dealership? And the answer to that was yes. And now all of a sudden dealers started to say, oh my gosh, well, I can actually drive first party leads from Facebook or Instagram, a social media channel directly into my store, which is fantastic. But then it came back down to content, right? What do we serve up locally? How do we engage with the community? What will get us the most engagement? And you know, I'm going to ask you a question a little bit about engagement here and, and ROI, but a lot of times as dealers, we go out looking for likes. Uh, somebody hit the like button, thumbs up, like, thumbs up. And, and we feel we're checking a box off and doing a great job. But in reality, the algorithm that Facebook is looking for is shares and comments because that's really engagement right? Hey, I love your brand. I love your car. Where is that statue? Where can I buy that vehicle? Where can I get my vehicle serviced? And you brought up a really important part about service. Service is a huge area, both organically and paid, that dealers can be taking advantage of. Because what about the person who came in and bought that Toyota, but Mm -hmm. hasn't been in for six or seven months? Just We haven't seen them, right? Um, Why wouldn't we get the message back out through social media or either organically or paid and really have them come back in 
and and take advantage of some of the, the services that they have from buying their vehicle from us. So my question to you is, what content do you think is most important, you know, at the dealership level to do organic? Is it really just pictures of Chevys that everybody sells or is it more local geo stuff that can really engage my community? I think you have to keep watching the research and keep having to look at your data and your reports because it could change and you're looking to find the right, the right mix. Uh, and that's key here. There isn't a bulletproof strategy, in my opinion. You have a watchful eye on that reporting. <laughs> Yep. I do think that, you know, you have to pay attention to the numbers, the research and data, they mean something. And more importantly, you know, you're trying out different types of content that is geo-targeting maybe your, your clientele. You're informing them, you're giving them value. And if there's one thing that I can suggest is that you're always looking to produce content that's of value to people. And I say this in my trainings all the time, is give, 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 give give stop being a taker and i think that people feel more compelled to see a brand as a favorable one when they're educating on meaningful content related to you know the consumer's purchases or even about the brand and the things that are evolving most people are very interested in tech and safety this is content we can be putting out there most people don't know about what the free maintenance plan actually consists of and how what the terms are on that and how frequent they can come into the service department what that means to the safety and health of your vehicle and your family but one thing is for certain you're going to generate interest and if you don't have a process on the other end, the people that are receiving these opportunities at your dealership, if you don't have a process, you cannot just wing it today. And everybody has to be educated and it has to be an open dialogue that is ignited for management on a continuous basis because this is where 50% of the dealer's opportunities are today. We focus so much on traditional advertising, traditional sales process, but not everybody is a traditional customer. Most people want to stay arm's length now, and that can equate to 50% or more of the dealership's opportunities. But oftentimes there isn't a sales process behind it that's going to initiate uh, getting this opportunity into the showroom. So oftentimes when it comes to social leads that are delivered to the store, I hear a lot of, oh, those are bad leads, those are bad leads, those are bad leads. <laughs> well, they're not bad leads because everybody's a car buyer. I mean, right. come on, literally yeah. everyone is a car buyer. If you look at them as everyone's a car buyer, then we start digging for gold. And that dig is the sales process that we help people define and follow. I don't think there are bad leads. I think that some people just take time to pull the trigger. You have to stay in there. In fact, I would call it a pipeline, a savings account, if you will. Yes, we love the people that are today, and those are the low-hanging fruit. But if you look for a raise, if the dealer's looking for a raise, their people are looking for a raise, you know, we have to be looking at these opportunities as, hey, let's just be nice to people. Hey, let's nurture them. End with questions so you can engage them into a sales process. We've seen many people that weren't interested in pulling the trigger today, actually pull the trigger. People stop in the dealership. I only have 10 minutes and then they're there for four hours. You know, we know that people change their minds. We are all squirrels now with ADD and our sales process <laughs> should be the same. We have to have an ADD it's so know, true. format in our sales process to keep it interesting. Yeah. 
man, I wish I did this in the back in the beginning of my career, you know, 25 years in, if, if I had a dollar for every dealership I've been in, which is thousands, you know, working with salespeople and GMs and, and BDCs and internet sales departments, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, oh, those, those leads are weak, I wouldn't be on the podcast right now. I'd be on the beach somewhere, kicking back and, and enjoying my Mai Tai. But I'm with you. I don't think there's a bad lead. I think we just have to work them you know, whether they're short or long-term because some yeah. people are ready to buy a car today and some are in a 90-day in a cycle. Um, but because the industry tends to have a, 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 a slant towards the ADD and instant gratification, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work the leads that are low-hanging cherry pickers and we'll let CRM just handle the other ones until they're ready to come back in. In reality, you know, I think if you work all the leads the right way and you'll get more people into the store, and I think as a dealer and as a gym myself, you know, we're always trying to get new people into the store and, and social media might just be one new media channel to do it. You know, you and I were talking earlier about, you know, if I was a new salesperson in the automotive space, you know, how could I work my book of business? How could I grow my book of business on top of the fresh ups that my dealer or GM's money is going to bring leads into the door? Um, and you're talking about, you know, maybe doing some Facebook live things. And, you know, I'd love for you to kind of maybe take a second and talk about some things that you've seen as a, as a new salesperson, even an experienced salesperson, how would they best go about really taking care or taking advantage of social media? And, and if I'm a salesperson, what does it mean to me? Do I get incentivized? Do I not? How does that look? Well, there's many creative ways to go about this, but I think that in your onboarding process, people, new hires need to recognize that it's important to the dealer. This is the first opportunity to start influencing them on what our expectations are and what we're trying to do in our company to meet that expectation of, you know, being so many people on digital paths uh, as the first impressions uh, of the beginning parts of our relationships with consumers and customers. So uh, I would suggest that you think outside the average. I'll, I'll give you a quick example. I have uh, many dealers that are, you know, again, dabbling into this and I'm always looking for, incentives for salespeople because I, you know, we have to incentivize differently today. Well, there's a lot in that probably more than we have time for today, but it has to be relevant and worth everybody's while. So salespeople oftentimes are posting on their social media pictures of the customer in their car. And I'll be frank with you. I get so burnt out overseeing this over and over and over. I'm like, okay, I get it. You sold another car, but I'm a consumer. What's that going to do for me? Okay. It does increase your credibility, but you need to do more. We talked earlier about maybe giving more of a personal story on that guest. And maybe it correlates with some of the company's contributions to charities. You know, for example, I have a customer I just sold and she just survived breast cancer, but that's one of our big you know, things that we fundraise for in our company. I'm going to use that on my post to make it a bit more meaningful and valuable. I want to get my own book of business to be built up instead of me just posting, posting, posting people with their cars. Once I sell that car, if I'm a salesperson, I am going to go to that customer and I'm going to ask them to go live on their phone, on their Facebook, because I'm trying to track their friends to my book of business. I already have my book of business on my social media. I'm trying to get more people. So if I go live on the customer's Facebook, now I can take their phone. I'm a salesperson and I can selfie this and I can say, hey, all of you, John's friends out there, he just got a new car and John just changed jobs two years ago. He's been saving up. He 
switched brands and boy, did he make a good choice. One of the things I love about our brand is boom, boom, boom. And I'm going to show you today John's new car. And I hope that you guys will all send him a message today and congratulate him. This is one of the biggest purchases people make. And we're very proud of John and he's been you know, great here today. And I just want to show off his new ride. And I just walk outside, show John, he's so happy. He's got his new car. And I walk outside and I show there's his new baby, you know, and there may be some cool features that I can blow up about the brand. Like, did you know that blind spot detection is standard now, backup camera, lane change assist, Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, all of these are standard on our brand now. And these are all the things that are going to help you with your insurance. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not just thinking about featuring the customer to death, but what's the benefit? I want to be educational and informative. People only know what they know. So I'm going to maximize my exposure. Now the dealer can turn around and incentivize on this action here. You're not going to get everybody, but you're going to get a lot of people because you're simply asking for it. And it's a fun little game that people like to play. Who doesn't like to show up? Isn't that what social media is for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I've, I've seen dealers where I would recommend, you know, you pay out an incentive if they get 80% of the, their customers doing this activity. I can't wait until you and I, Jennifer, open up our own dealership. I'm like super pumped <laughs> and excited right now. Like We're going to be so relevant. Yeah, if anybody wants to provide some capital for uh, for Jennifer and John to open up their new, their own uh, dealership, you know, if, if I was back in the sales world, meaning back on the floor selling cars like, like I've done before, um, and it was 2020 like it is today, there's a couple of things I would do, and and it goes right back to what you said. I'd be working all my social channels personally. I'd be investing yep. in my own business at the dealership, mm -hmm. right? Driving my own traffic on top of you know, uh, the, the leads that, you know, my dealer, my GM might be bringing in as well. I think, I think that should be supplemental. We should be generating, generating our own traffic as well. So one is I'd, I'd be using my social channels. Second is yes. I'd be absolutely asking for referrals. I, I don't know why we don't do that today. Um, the happiest they're ever going to be is when they're buying a car, right? Why wouldn't we ask if they know anybody in the, in, that's also looking for a, a, a car and I, they had a great experience and, you know, can you kind of give me two or three people that you think might be interested in, in buying a car for me? It would mean a lot to me, right? So work the channels. And you're right? more inclined to get them to give the referral at doing actions like this. Instead of picking up the phone and that's your like, thank you phone call. And it's like, it's a take. You know, you have to be more clever and creative today on how you get referrals. And I do think the social media is the w better way to do that because when I, in all my experience, making that thank you for purchasing your vehicle and I'm supposed to ask for referrals on that exact same call, which I do believe is a two-part call, you know, all you're doing is, is taking when it's supposed to be a thank you. And, and most people aren't going to be like, yeah, you know, I do know three people. You know, but if you friend them on Facebook, you show off their car, do you know what I mean? You tell, you make a comment on that post that, you know, I hope you enjoyed your experience. What made your experience so great? And now the customer is going to engage and respond and say, you were so awesome. You made it so easy. It was two hours or less. And I could coach that while they're here, but I'm actually making that business happen, you know, by making that comment. Thank you. A hundred and thousand percent. That's exactly how we should all be doing it to grow our own little business inside of a business. Agreed. And the results are incredible. I know, I know hundreds of car salespeople that are doing this and literally selling 40, 50 cars a month without even taking it up off the floor because mm -hmm. they're just working their plan 
and their plan is through social media and relationship building and asking for more business, but not doing it at the wrong time, doing it at the mm-hmm. right time in the right median. And so thank you for some of that insight because, you know, I, I think the, the purpose of the podcast is really to get, you know, not only salespeople's mind, you know, thinking about how to do it differently, but, you know, general sales managers and sales managers and, and GMs and, and dealer principals and say, how do we, how do we actually start fishing where the fish are, right? And that's really what this is about. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the, you know, the fish was in the, in the Google pond and then, you know, maybe the internet mm-hmm. pond or the web pond, but, you know, the, the pond that has mo- the most fish now that has the most time spent is, is really social media. And I can't say enough about what you said about really having the salesperson grow their own business inside of the business. Um, and I think a dealer and a general manager would honestly love that because how often as a GM did I hear, what are you doing today, boss? What's the, what's the ad today, boss? How much are you spending on advertising today, boss, to drive me leads to sell a car that you are financing? Right. It's, mm-hmm. well, what have you done for me? Have, have you, have you worked the social media channels? Have you asked all your friends? Have you asked their friends for business? Have you done all those things that we as good salespeople should be doing? As we kind of roll forward into the next, uh, the next topic, which we're going to do here in a second, we're going to kind of touch back on, you know, uh, that introduction into social cause and cause marketing and really how yes. to use that to help not only grow the dealer's base, but grow the individual salesperson's base as well. So, th- so thanks for that. And we'll jump on to the next topic here in just a few minutes. So welcome back from the break. Um, you know, Jennifer and I have been having a really robust conversation uh, offline about, you know, some of the best practices and really what's going on with some new social media channels like Snapchat and or TikTok. So you know, really talk about a little bit about, you know, the millennial generation and, and even beyond that and, and really what's important to them and mm-hmm. not only in the car buying industry, but others. And, you know, I think what's, you know, in my research and discussions is that they're really, really into cause marketing. They really want to know, you know, that they're hard earned dollars, that, if they buy a car from X, Y, or Z dealer, that some portion of that, you know, will benefit somebody or something in the community. Um, it could even be on the service side where, you know, if I need service on my vehicle and I've got two or three dealers to choose from to provide me my service, whether it's customer pay or, you know, warranty, um, that if I go to dealer A versus dealer B, you know, that a portion of that, you know, of my hard-earned money um, for choosing that dealer will go, you know, to a charity that's really near and dear to my heart. So maybe Jen, we could talk about, you know, how the car buying experience is today, you know, for that age demographic and maybe even service and, and what do you see is really important to them? Do you see that, you know, the charitable contribution and the philanthropy, you know, of not only the car businesses, but in general are really what's guiding them to really spend their dollars at a particular, particular business? I think if you didn't recognize it, today's an opportunity to acknowledge it, that people, younger people, like to purchase from businesses that support causes. And I do think, and I mentioned this earlier, that dealers spend a lot of money giving back in their community. And there's actually a lot of near and dear causes to many dealers, as I've experienced and just getting to know so many of our clients over the years. And that story generally isn't told. We want to buy from human beings. People see car dealers as those guys. And we're actually 
the same people. We all you know, have the same ups and downs and we all are affected by disease and uh, sickness. It's part of life and we can expose it in ways through all of these different channels to help people see, you know, the type of people that we are, we're actually human. Not to mention that it does segue into how we are identified in our sales process. For example, on phone calls, I'm a huge advocate of if social cause is a big factor for this business, that we bring it front and center and expose it in all of our contacts with potential customers. So for example, I queue it up and I create the space for it in the conversation. And it's just a simple question. And we don't ask this question enough and and know where it needs to go once we ask the question. Have you purchased from us before? Are you familiar with our organization? Are you familiar with our company and how we uh, interact with the community? People are going to say no. And you may think, oh, they don't care. They do care. And I don't need to have anything long-winded, but I need a simple value statement that shares some insight as to what we are all about, what's important to our company and our people and our team. Most salespeople get involved in fundraisers all year long. They volunteer that time. And while we'll post the event on the dealer's Facebook page, the salesperson should bring it up in their sales process. And it goes like this. You know, are you familiar with our company and some of the charitable foundations that we stand behind? I chose to work here because they give us an opportunity to give back to our own community. We, each of our employees volunteer 10, 20 hours a year to one of these five foundations. In fact, we give a percentage back of all of our auto sales to these foundations. And it's something that I take a lot of pride in while I'm working here. And I just wanted you to know a little bit about our company and our people because I didn't see you here in our database and I want to welcome you. I know it's recorded and I'm thankful that was recorded because that is a textbook example of how very calmly relaxed non-pressure you know we we really let a consumer know how important giving back to our community is it doesn't need to always be a big billboard or you know an eight foot long check that we gave ten thousand dollars to a charity i struggled with it when i was a gym and, and i think a lot of stores do where they want the community to know about all the good that they're doing and the only way we really knew how to do it in the past was to take a picture of us holding a check and giving it to somebody else. And that may have worked in days gone by, but really it needs to have be a discussion at the dealership level or on the telephone or even on social media, you know, about why I work at this store. Why are we so philanthropic? Why are we so passionate about giving back to our community? Um, if I think the consumers, the general public really understood how many millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars that automotive dealers give away every single year, maybe the story would change about the perception of the car business. But because we don't do a good job at it, we don't get to control the narrative. So I love the way you presented that, hey, here's how you do it moment. If you're a salesperson or a general sales manager and you're listening to this podcast, I would absolutely be making that part of my training process. And quite frankly, if you need to hear it again, you know, maybe call Jennifer at eDealer Solutions and have her come to your store and have her train the people. But that's literally how you have to present it in a very easy, relaxed way.
man, we covered a bunch of topics with a lot of great golden nuggets. You know, episode four, which is the one we're talking about today, was all about social to showroom. Um, we covered a lot about, you know, how to use social and interact uh, in the higher ratios with customers more directly. Not only using direct messages and phone messages and scripts, but, you know, also a lot about organic social media and how dealers can use that to really grow their business, not from only a dealership level, but also a salesperson perspective, how to grow their own business inside of their business and generate more of their own first party leads to then uh, help their consumers buy vehicles from them. We also talked about building loyalty inside of the dealership and as dealerships are more and more philanthropic, how do you really use social cause and social network to really get the word out into the uh, into their community uh, about all the great things that they're doing inside of the car dealership. So I really, Jennifer, thank you very much for being here with us today. And you've been doing this for 23, 24 years. You're in hundreds, if not thousands of dealers. You see so many things, you know, as a facilitator at NEDA Academy, you get to really kind of mold the minds, the young minds mm-hmm. of our future automotive dealers. So I kind of want to give you some last, uh, last comments and thoughts about, you know, your time with us here today and, and uh, some things that you might be doing in the future. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think the, the, the things that people can take away from this is that you have to leverage your social media with your sales process. They do go hand in hand and you want them to match. So, you know, we're getting maximum exposure and that salespeople are being seen as professionals, as people who are part of the community. They care about other people too. We appreciate value people and uh, we're creating space in our sales process to ensure that the public sees our identity for what it truly is. And we do have a lot of great people in this business doing great things for people. Uh, but oftentimes it's not part of the sales process to show it. You are being shopped against five other consumers on sales calls, digital forms, and you've got to show people why. They want to do business with you and your sales team. My goal is always to help people achieve better results. And I hope today there is plenty of takeaways that people can actually execute. But I'll tell you, even in my own training sessions, I'm always having people write down their goals as they hear new content. The only way we thrive is to seek more information. And today... We provided an education for people. Now it's up to you to take the bull by the horns and do something with it. And executing new ideas is really never easy. And I always suggest that you bring your whole team in to the same room and ignite the topics we covered today and see the level of passion that people will bring to light. They will provide new ideas. In fact, you may just discover new approaches that will keep your business relevant keep it going, and really make people feel like they're part of a sales team. Get an action plan together. I always leave my classes with this. You've gathered a lot of ideas here today. If you don't put them into an action plan, once you go back to your day-to-day, you'll forget about everything you've learned today, and you won't do what you intended to do when you first started listening. You know, you want to grow. You want to prosper. You've got to modify something. So put an action plan together with a game plan of what you're going to do with the content today and how you're going to go about doing that. And again, I would encourage you to always involve everybody on your team so that you can have an open discussion and they're part of the evolution and the changes that we require to 
be the best. Wow. Talk about some incredible knowledge bombs by Jennifer Suzuki, right? Man, I hope everybody out there in podcast land was really listening to that last part by Jennifer, right? There's so much that we covered today. Tons of great topics, knowledge bombs everywhere you step left and right. So I hope the listeners out there saw great value in bringing this podcast out there today. I know if I was working in a dealership again, um, I'd be putting these together on my action plan. I think that's probably the most important piece of this whole uh, component is, you know, you've got to have an action plan and you have to execute on it. You definitely cannot shoot from the hip. And thanks for bringing that to the table today, Jennifer. For, sure. and for those that want to learn more uh, about Jennifer Suzuki, you can follow her at eDealer Solution. And uh, I wanted to just personally thank you, Jen, for for joining us today. I'm, uh, you know, I can't thank you enough. You know, the, the level of experience that you have and, you know, the tremendous respect that, that your dealers have for you of really helping them grow their business is unmatched. It's unparalleled by anybody. So I certainly do appreciate your, your time today and, and your knowledge and, and really being part of the podcast and, and helping you know, automotive dealers just become better and better every single day. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to But Does It Sell Cars? Hey, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at podcast at socialdealer.com. And if you want to check out all of our episodes, go to socialdealer.com forward slash podcast. And as always, be a social dealer. We gel well, and that was enjoyable. I could just, you know, answer your questions all day long. Well, the, the, good, the good news is we're going to make sure.